Minister Garpin. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, the one God to whom praises are due forever, the Lord of the world, the great God who was to come and indeed has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We thank Almighty God, Allah, for blessing us, the black man and woman of America, with a divine leader, a divine teacher, and a divine guide in the personage of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of Allah. In the name of our God, in the name of his messenger, I again greet you and my beloved brothers and sisters in the greeting words of peace, assalamu alaikum. No more appropriate greeting could be given between black people than that of peace. As we read our scripture, those of you who are familiar with it know that Jesus never met or left his disciples unless he gave them peace, unless he said, I'm glad to see you. And we most certainly, the followers of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, are glad to see you because we know that with the knowledge and truth that we have been blessed with through the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and your willing hearts and willing hands, we will be able to turn the condition of our people around overnight. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad was one who came to us and labored among us for 44 long years. If you look at the time span of 44 years, you know that that's a pretty long time, isn't it? Some of us haven't even been on the planet for 44 years. Some of us know that we can begin to start a job and after a few days we become weary. Sometimes we last past a few days entering into a few months. Sometimes we make it past a few months into maybe one year. And maybe we get to one year and get to five years or ten. And when we get to ten years in anything, we have really accomplished something. If we have been on a job for ten years, they give us something to let us know that they appreciate the 10 years that we have served. If we go to school and stay there 10 plus two years, they give us a diploma saying that we have graduated. If we stay with our husband or stay with our wife for 10 years, they haven't invented an award yet that should be given to us to show what kind of people we are and what we are made of. And that's just 10 years. So multiply that 10 by another 10 and add it by another 10 and another 10 and add four to it. And here's a man who stood up in our midst for 44 years, giving us a truth that would open our blinded eyes, unstop our deaf ears, and make our tongues be able to speak that which would make us seem to be and be intelligent men and women in North America. So we must be glad. We must be joyous. Look around. Look at each other. You don't see nobody high. You don't see nobody drunk. You don't see nobody who look like they're mad because they're here. Everybody came under their own will of their own volition because they know that they will hear something today which will set us on the right path. Now, what am I saying and what am I trying to get to? All praise is due to Allah. If you look, beloved, at our world out here, we notice that some strange things are going on. And most of us, when we see the strangeness of the things that are going on, we really don't know what to do or where to go. So isn't it a blessing when we can find in a brother among ourselves that wisdom which would give us the direction to get to where we're trying to go in our lives? On yesterday, I had not talked to a friend of mine whom I love very dearly on the East Coast. And so I gave him a call. And when I called him, he wasn't in, but his answering service answered and told me that he wasn't in, but to leave my name and a number, and he would return my call as soon as possible. I hung up the phone, and I was disappointed that I hadn't talked to my friend, but just because I had heard my friend's voice, it made the day a little bit better. 
the scripture says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. There is a great amount of importance, beloved, in what we hear. And all of us have come here today because we have heard something that we feel is of value to our lives. You don't believe that what we hear is important? You walk up and down any street in the black community and you will find our brothers and sisters with some boxes about that big up in their ear getting down. Why? Because even if what you see is negative, if you can control what you hear, you can make what you see that is bad a little bit more bearable. So the importance of hearing, we all understand. Somebody told a sister one day that she was fine. She heard it and she believed it. And when you see her walking, she walked reflecting the knowledge of what she heard and believed. When she heard, she heard that she was a fox. And when you see her walking, she reflects that she believes now that she is a fox because she's walking all sly-like. Why? Because she heard something one day, and because she heard it and believed it, it is now reflected in the way that she carries herself. Somebody told a brother one day that he was bad. The brother heard this, and he believed it, and the next time you saw the brother, he had an air about himself. Yeah, I'm bad. What's happened? Somebody has told him, he heard something in his ear, that he was bad and he believed it, and now his actions reflect that he heard something and he believed it. Somebody has told black people for 400 years that we are nothing, nobody, and can't do nothing on our own. And we believed it, and if you want to know that we believe it, check out our actions, check the way we act, and you will see when you see us cutting and stabbing and robbing and fussing and fighting that we heard something one day and we believed it, and now our actions reflect upon what we have heard and believed. What are you hearing and how is it affecting you? When we were small, beloved, as I conclude and bring the minister on, I don't know if this goes on too much now, but when I was coming up about dark, mama would come out on the porch and she would call your name. And I don't care what you were doing, good, bad, right or wrong. When you heard your name, you stopped and you knew it was time to come on home. What was going on? Mama realized that it was getting dark and that she wanted to call a child home before the dog caught him out of doors because there was something lurking in the dark the child was not aware of, the child did not know how to deal with, the child would be found caught unprepared that if mother didn't call child home before dark, child would be destroyed. What are we saying? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad stood up and went on the porch of our understanding and called us home because he realized that the dark day was approaching and that there was something in the midst of this dark day that we would not be prepared for, we would know how, not know how to deal with. And he was calling us to come on home. You think you know what's out there, but come on into the comfort of this sheltered environment and I will give you once in the comfort of this sheltered environment that which will give you the knowledge to protect you and move you from this place to that in these dark hours, what are you hearing and how is it affecting you? You are hearing about the Ku Klux Klan. You are hearing about the murders in Atlanta. We are hearing about food stamps being cut off. We are hearing about Ronald Reagan. We are hearing about RTA. We are hearing about CTA. We are hearing about Mayor Jane Byrne. We are hearing about what's going on in Northern Ireland. We are hearing about black-on-black -black crime. We are hearing about black men and black women can't get together. And what we hear is affecting us in such way that many of us are actually losing our hope. We are thinking that now we cannot make it. But I know for a fact that I can stand today and tell you that when you hear the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and come to grips with it, your actions will reflect what you have heard and what you believe because standing around here now are brothers who once were dope pushers, once were selling women, once were living all kind of low kind of lives, but when they heard something and believe it, the next time you saw them, their actions were reflecting what they heard and what they believe, and the same thing is open to you, brother, and to you, sister, today. So you have come to hear, 
and you have come to be affected by a word in a positive way. And I assure you that if you listen with an open ear and a pure heart, a heart that is not tainted with any kind of bitterness, you will leave here with the action that will reflect what you have heard. What are you hearing and how will it affect you? You will hear the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And if you will bend over, you will straighten up. If you are crooked, you will straighten out. If you are down, you will get up. If you are out, you will come in. If you are that kind of person without knowledge and ignorant, you'll be given a knowledge and wisdom that will set you on top and will allow you to talk to anybody, anywhere, and they will have to admit that you are an intelligent man and an intelligent woman. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's teaching has come as an antidote for 400 years of mess that has filled our ears, that has filled our minds, that has filled our hearts, and that has made us to act other than ourselves. Minister Louis Farrakhan is heralding the final call. This is not a call, this is the final call. This is the last chance, black man, this is the last chance, black woman, for us to come on to ourselves because after this call, it's gonna be all over. The destruction is coming. If you and I are not under the safety of this sheltered environment of Islam, we are not gonna be ready and we're gonna lose our lives and the generations that are to come. So heed the call, y'all. It's easy to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. Brothers, all praise is due to Allah. So, without any further ado, I bring to you my brother, my teacher, my spiritual father from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, one who will give us something to hear that will affect us in a positive way the man who is sweeping the nation under the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and resurrecting people from the dead and lifting up a teaching that white folks thought they would never see again. White folks did never believe that they would see us congregating again under the banner of Islam. White folks thought they had killed that, but they thought they had killed Jesus in the Bible too. But as scripture says, after three days, he got up again. They thought they had killed the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but we are here as a living testimony that he lives because he lives in us. And he lives in this man who is feeding us the knowledge that will stand us up and make us the people that we are destined to become. I present to you, Minister Louis Farrakhan. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. And in the name of his true servant and last messenger, our beloved leader, teacher, and guide, the messenger of Allah, the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, I greet you, my beloved brothers and sisters, with the greeting words of peace. In the Arabic language, we say, Assalamu Alaikum. Brothers and sisters, I want to say <clears throat> how happy I am and we are to have the honor and privilege of meeting with you and sharing with you what we have been blessed to receive as students of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. I'm most especially happy to see the brothers and sisters of 47th Street and this area because this is an area that has a great history for black people in Chicago. And as our condition betters, generally we tend to move out of an area like this and then the area begins to go down. What we want to do is revive the area because the people, some of the best people, are right here in this area. All they need is the teaching of a wisely guided messenger of God that will bring us up and make us a powerful nation of people once again. 
those of you who have come today directly as a guest or from the radio program that you may have heard over WBEE or WXOL, I'm very happy and honored to see you. Today, we want to discuss an aspect of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that has been very greatly misunderstood. As you probably have heard, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been accused of being a teacher of race hate or a teacher of black supremacy. To most religious people and to Islamic people, this is repugnant for no messenger or prophet of God has ever dealt with color as such, and certainly no messenger or prophet of God has been accused of teaching racial hatred. What is it of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that the scholars and scientists of the world object to that they call racial hatred? And why, if he is a messenger of God, did Almighty God Allah reveal to him such teaching for our freedom? The thing that upsets the world is that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is teaching the black man and woman of America the knowledge of self and the knowledge of the white race. Many people have gotten upset over this teaching. But brothers and sisters, you have a Bible and Quran in your hands. If you don't have a Quran, you certainly have a Bible. If what Elijah Muhammad is teaching is the truth, then it is verified by both Bible and Quran and it is verified by all scientific research because all truth is one. And certainly God would not reveal to his servant a truth that could not be verified. All right. Elijah Muhammad has been saying to us that the Caucasian people are revealed by God as a race of devils. This is pretty hard teaching. Some of our people say, oh, this is awful. This is ugly. God would never say such things. It depends on the time. If we are at the time when all things would be made manifest, then we are at the time when God would reveal to us the nature of all things. And there are many things that you might think are good while they are not good, but the knowledge of those things are with God. And the Quran teaches us that Allah reveals to whom he pleases. This book, Bible, tells us that Jesus talked to the people and told them, there are many things that I could tell you. Listen to these words. There are many things that I could tell you. The word could 
It doesn't mean that he didn't have the ability. It means conditional. If the conditions were right, I could tell you these truths. But he said, you cannot bear it now. Meaning what? Your mind and your experience is not such that you will accept this knowledge that I have. So Jesus said, however or how be it, when he is come, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into all truth. Jesus then admits that he knew more than he was telling. But he admitted that the people weren't ready to hear what he knew. Is that right? Then he says, when he is come. Now he's talking about somebody else coming. And when that one comes, he will guide you into all truth. I'm going away now. This is Jesus speaking. All right. Then the scripture says, I thank thee, Father in heaven, for keeping these things from the wise and the prudent man and revealing them unto babes. Here are some people saying, we are grateful, God, that the knowledge has been kept from wise and prudent men. Now listen, if all of our knowledge has come to us from the so-called wise and prudent men of this world, your doctors of law, your scientists of religion, your theologians, these are the ones who teach us and these are the ones who have guided us. But the scripture says, I thank thee, Father, for keeping these things. What things? Evidently, there's some knowledge that has been kept back from wise men. Wise men don't have this knowledge. Prudent men don't have this knowledge, but God is going to reveal the utmost knowledge to a people lying in the mud. Now listen, brothers and sisters, I want you to bear with me. We're not going to be long, but we definitely plan to be strong. <laughs> now, why would God keep back wisdom? Why would he hold it and reveal it to some babes? What is his purpose for that? This book, Quran, many of you may not have heard of this book, but it is the book of scripture of the Muslim revealed to Prophet Muhammad of Arabia nearly a little over 1400 years ago. In this book, in the third chapter, we are given rules to interpret the book. Now, if Prophet Muhammad had interpreted the book, the Quran would not need to give us rules for its interpretation. God revealed the book to Prophet Muhammad and through him to the world. Here's the book. But the utmost knowledge of the book, the Quran says, it is with Allah alone. And he reveals it to whom he pleases. Now then, we have a book, Quran, that is a book of wisdom. No man who has ever read this book, or woman, has said that this is not a book of wisdom. We who read the Quran bear witness it is not only a book of wisdom, but it is the truest book ever to be put in the hand of man. This book here. Now, 
Farrakhan, if it's the truest book, why are you reading the Bible? This book, Bible, has been through the hands of the corruptors. But they have not extracted all of the truth out of this book. There's so much truth in this book, it would make your head spin. In fact, if we understood the truth of the Bible, we could walk to heaven immediately. <laughs> That's how much truth is in the Bible. So the truth of the Holy Quran verifies the truth of the Bible, but both books are really sealed books. And let's go over that. What you mean, brother, the book is sealed? Sealed means it's hidden meaning. The utmost truth of the book is sealed. God did not open that up to Moses. He did not open it up to Jesus. And if Jesus knew it, Jesus couldn't tell it because it was not time. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, revealed the book, and the book was revealed through him, but the utmost truth of the book, even he himself did not know. No, that's pretty heavy to say, but it is the truth. Now the world is waiting for the utmost truth of both books. For this truth will come at the end of the world and it comes to a sign to every man or woman his or her own. The Bible says that in the last days every man shall go to his own vine and fig tree and find refuge under its branches. Everybody has to go to their own. Now this means what? That a truth is going to have to come into the world that would stir you up and make manifest in you what is hidden. It will not only manifest the hidden truth of God, but it will manifest the hidden truth of every one of us. Now listen, brother and sister, this is not a lightweight manner. Because many of us have secret thoughts that we do not tell anyone. Would you agree? Yeah. Even the most so-called righteous person, the righteousness may be their image. The righteousness may be what they project. But in their mind, their mind may be filled with filthy, wicked, indecent thoughts. Well, what you project in the light is not the real man. The real man and the real woman is what is in the dark. Let me, let me make that point a little clearer. Did not Jesus say to us that whatsoever is done in the dark, God would bring it forth into the light? Did he say that? All right. Did not Jesus teach us that if you do good in secret, God would reward you in the open? Well then, what is that telling you about the secret places? That the real secret is not unknown. What you think is secret is known. If it's known by nobody but you and God, it is known. And whatever you do in the dark, that is what you really are. And so a wise man don't protect what he does in the light. A wise man or woman is guarding over the dark places. Why? Because it is in the darkness where things are formed. It is in the darkness where character is formed. 
And so if a person will not guard what one does or says in the dark, then there's a force in the dark that brings everything in the dark ultimately out into the light. Now look at what we're saying, brothers and sisters. That means this. Suppose a man is playing like he's a man. But way in his mind, he really wants to be a woman. And that's kind of sad. Society, you know, family may put restraints on him and he don't show what he really thinks. But he's having trouble with a conversation with young ladies. He really would like to converse with young men. Now he can't hide that for so long. Even though that thought is in the dark, there's a force in the dark that will bring it out. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught us that there is a force out in the darkness of space, that there are stars out there that have not been seen, and yet one day a man will put his telescope out there and see a new star, a star that they had not seen before, but the star was there. But that force had not brought it into view yet. So it is with the thoughts we think in the darkness of our minds. We think that just because it's there in our mind that nobody sees it. But there's a force at work, brother, sister. And that force begins to pull those thoughts out of your subconscious mind. Pull them up into your conscious mind and then pretty soon you begin to act out what was in secret now is out in the light all right that is a law that works so it is with truth truth is always there we just may not be able to see it but when we reach an impasse in growth and development and we are not able to see our way through, God sends one into the world who brings what is called revelation. And that revelation uncovers truth that has been hidden in the darkness of our own ignorance. And once that truth is made manifest, we are to take that truth and act upon its principles. Okay. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad was a man born among us. A man who struggled in Georgia to make ends meet. A man who only went to the fourth grade of school. A man who wanted to see black people free. But a man who realized that in order for us as black people to be free, it wasn't marching that was going to do it. It wasn't singing songs that was going to do it. It would have to be truth and truth alone that would set us free. But what kind of truth would we need? We know we live in quote unquote the white man's world. This is his world, brother. This is his world, sister. We may have helped him to make it, but he's the architect of his own world. And he's the master of his own world. And in his world, we catch hell. In his, oh yes. In his world, we have not received justice. In his world, we have not received freedom. In his world, we have not received equality. So the scripture says that the world would come to an end. Well, what world? It's certainly not talking about the earth. For the scripture says, generations may come, generations may go, but the earth abides forever. So it's not talking about the earth, but civilization is built on the earth, and if that civ oh, I'm sorry. If that civilization is unjust, if that civilization is wicked, then that civilization is going to come to an end because in this universe of truth, no unjust world can have any permanence. All right? 
All right. Now we admit we live in the white man's world. And we admit that the white man's world is an unjust world. And we admit that we live in a universe of truth. And we admit that nothing unjust can remain forever. Then we must then see a time of an end coming to the unjust world of white folks. That's natural, wouldn't you say? Now look, brothers. I don't want to make you think um, devious thoughts. But look, if I mistreat you, and uh, I do this consistently, constantly lying to you, deceiving you, mistreating you, even if you don't have the power to deal with me, even if you took me to court and I won in court, still you would say, he's going to get his one day. Wouldn't you say that? There's something in your nature that makes you to know that trouble don't last always. And wrongdoers are going to get theirs in the end. You know this. Instinctively you know it. Well, all right. Instinctively then, you also know that there's got to be a day of justice and judgment set on this world that has done injustice to you. Because you don't know anything you've done to receive the kind of treatment we have received. You can't find nothing that your parents did that would justify you receiving what you have received. So if our suffering is undeserved and we fought for this man, we bled for him, we built his country, we worked for him, and we have never been traitors to America. You don't find no record of us killing presidents. You don't find no record of us trying to shoot popes. You don't find any record of us trying to shoot governors that have been no good. We didn't shoot Talmadge. We didn't shoot Bilbo. We didn't shoot Rockefeller. We just suffered knowing that one day God would make a change. Is that right? Now, so you weren't wrong. You knew this. I'm only trying to bring it up to your conscious mind that you already know that a day of reckoning has been set on the white man and his world. You know this. You may be afraid to face that reality, but I want to bring it straight to your conscious mind. Each one of you know that what we have suffered in America and continue to suffer is undeserved. And therefore, if it is undeserved, and it is unjustified, then God got to justify us somehow. All right. Now, what truth is this that Elijah spoke? Elijah Muhammad was giving to us the knowledge of the nature of the Caucasian and the knowledge of your nature. Many of us as Muslims went off calling the Caucasian the devil, but never coming to grips with the wisdom that Elijah Muhammad was giving to us. He wasn't giving us wisdom for us to call white folks names. That's so childish. He was giving us wisdom for us to understand the nature of a man so that you would not let that man guide you, but instead you would rise up with power and be able to move effectively in a hostile environment because you know the nature of your enemy and you know your own nature. All right. In the Bible. Everybody with me? I don't want to leave anybody. In the Bible, in the book of uh, Numbers, we read about Balaam's donkey. A serpent does some speaking in Genesis, and a jackass does some speaking in the book of Numbers. 
Now, you know that serpents don't talk, and you know that mules don't talk. But in the Genesis, a serpent spoke, and in the book of Numbers, the donkey speaks. Here is Balaam riding the donkey. And it says, and I'm quoting now, the angel of the Lord stood in the way as an adversary against Balaam. And now Balaam was riding upon his ass and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. Now here's a donkey seeing an angel. The rider don't see the angel with a sword. The ass sees it. Now the ass is acting with intelligence. It moves out of the way. Now wait. And here now, the rider smites the ass, trying to get him back in the path. Okay. It said, but the angel of the Lord stood in the path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. Meaning what? He boxed him in. He couldn't go anywhere. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself into the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall. And Balaam smote the ass again. Now this donkey can see. This donkey sees trouble. The rider's so busy riding, he don't see nothing. But he feels pain in his foot. And he smites the donkey. Now that's very instructive. We'll get to it in a minute. Now the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place. <coughs> well, a wall on one side and a wall on the other, that's narrow. But the angel went into an even more narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the left or to the right. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam, just fell down. And Balaam's anger was kindled and he smoked the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass and the ass began to speak to his rider. This is very interesting. And look at what the dumb animal is saying to his rider. What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? <laughs> now Balaam don't seem to be upset that the ass is talking back. At least it's not recorded in the Bible. And Balaam start talking back to the ass. Now both of them look like they went crazy. The ass is talking to the rider, the rider talking to the ass. Now listen to what they're saying. And the ass, pardon me, and Balaam said unto the ass, because you mocked me, I would that there were a sword in my hand, for now would I kill thee. Oh, this is heavy, brother. Now the rider wants to kill the ass. He said the ass mocked him. But it don't tell you what the mockery was. It just said the ass moved out of the way. He was trying to get him back in this way, move somewhere else, and then finally he just fell down, wouldn't go no further. Then the man said, you mocked me. Now look at this. He says, 
And the ass said unto Balaam, listen to this conversation. Am I not thine ass upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine? He didn't say you rode me always, but ever since I became yours, you've been riding me. Check this out. I mean, look, this Bible is so beautiful. When you start understanding this book, it, it is really a magnificent piece of work. Thanks to Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. He really makes it plain. Now, look, he's going on to say, Was I ever accustomed to do so unto thee? Look at this. Was I ever accustomed to lay down on you? Did I ever disobey you? You see me disobeying you now. Don't you realize that something has happened, man? I ain't just disobeying to be disobeying. Something is in the way here. Don't you see? I've been your ass all these years. You've been riding me. I ain't never rose up against you. <laughs> it says, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam. Now the rider's eyes get opened up. And it's all right, brother. Brother wants to doze off. It's okay. Our people are so tired, brother. We work so hard. Whitey works us. And we can get a little nod every now and then. You know, I can understand it. I mean, brothers, you know what will happen, though? You get a little nod, and you wake up, and a word catches your mind, and you say, wait a minute, let me try and stay awake a little more. And before you know it, you're all right. The tiredness will leave Sure. In the old days at the temple, the messenger wouldn't let anybody go to sleep because the word was so important. If you started dozing, they would wake you up, and they would take you and let you wash your face and come back because the word is too important for you to miss. Really it is. I, I, I hope you don't think I'm taking all this time talking about donkeys. <laughs> all right, let's finish this up now so we can get to the real meat. We do want to get out of here so you can enjoy the rest of a very beautiful day outside. You all right? All praises due to Allah. Thank you. Now, my dear brothers, when the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way with his sword drawn in his hand. And he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why have you smitten thine ass these three times? Now the angel is asking the same question that they asked What's wrong with you? Why are you hitting this donkey? Well, to make the long story short, wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass? He says, behold, I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse before me. Now here's the key. The angel standing in the way to stop the ass and make the ass throw off his rider. Now, the angel is telling the rider, your way is perverse before me. Perversity means you are a deviate from divine law, from divine truth, from divine order. And because you have deviated from divine order, the angel of the Lord has come with a sword drawn out, meaning to execute you both. But the ass saw the angel and wasn't going to fight the angel. All right. But that fool rider was going to fight until the ass rose up. All right. Now, what is this? The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us, it's not talking about a donkey as such. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, the secret wisdom of the donkey and its rider is that the rider was riding a human being 
who had been made dumb like a jackass. As a donkey is what they call a dumb animal, but a sure-footed animal. The rider was mistreating this dumb animal. But there came a time when the rider, or pardon me, when the donkey saw the angel of God standing in the way and refused to go in his path. Now, his rider didn't see this. So every time he moved different than the way the rider said he should move, the rider smote him. And every time black folk move different from the way white folk think you should go, he will smite you. Now listen, but the rider, the donkey began speaking with a man's voice. The dumb, ignorant black man began to stand up now and talk back to his rider. Your rider is your master. Are you listening? When you jump up on a horse, brother, you don't ride a horse to not master it. When you're sitting in the saddle, you're the one that gives the horse the gait. You're the one that turns the horse here and there. That means you are to master the horse. Well, the white man has been our rider. He has been our master. And we've been like a dumb brute in his hand. And we have said, look, haven't I been your ass ever since I've been in your possession? Yes, sir. Right. We've been here 400 years and we have not risen up against white folks yet. Whatever they tell black folks to do generally, we do it, brother. They're not accustomed to seeing us disobey them. But the man said, because you mocked me. But they don't tell you what the mocking is. And what made you to rise up is the fact that somebody had stood in your way teaching you the knowledge of who your rider is and the nature of your rider. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that the white man by nature is the devil. That there's no devil under the ground that's going to get you when you're dead and burn you. And burn you and burn you and you're never going to burn up. But the white men have gotten you ever since our father set the soles of their feet in the Western Hemisphere and he had burned you and me and burned us and burned us and burned us. And in the burning, he has reduced black people to a state of ashes. You are no longer the proud, great people that you once were. You are now just the remains of a great nation. Look at the ruin of black lives. Go on and walk 47th Street. Walk 63rd Street. Walk a King Drive. Walk where on the west side where black folk live and see the ruin of our entire people, brother. You've been burned in an oven. You are the people of God that have been put in this condition not because you're wicked, but that the word of God might be fulfilled. Now this Caucasian, whom the scripture refers to as a devil, <clears throat> the Honorable Elijah Muhammad says, we could not give you the knowledge of this people until their time of rule was up. When their time of rule was up, God would pull the cover off of them and show you them as they really are. In the Bible, in the book of Genesis, it talks about Cain, right? And when Cain slew his brother Abel, God put a mark on Cain so that no man would know Cain. Cain said, everyone that sees me will slay me. And uh, God put a mark on Cain so that Cain would live to do his work until his time was up. All right. Caucasians know their nature, brother. And if you listen to them carefully, they call each other this. Oh, you smart devil, you. 
Listen, just listen to their talk. Have you heard this? How many of you have heard them call each other devil? You laugh at this. But brother and sister, this is serious. White folks know themselves. It's you that don't know yourself. You don't know your rider. And I hope you see the angel standing in the path so you can throw your rider off your back. Look, brother. White folks call themselves. Look at the names that they give themselves on their team. The Blue Demons. Look, demon is bad enough, but a blue demon. The very color blue is an untrue color. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad says to us that the sky looks blue, but you go on up there for a mile and mile, you never run into blue. The water looks blue, but you take the water up in your hand, it's not blue. If you go out in space, the ether that the earth gives off gives the color of the planet a blue color. But the planet is not blue. Blue is a color of untrue. But yet they say he's true blue. <laughs> Look, white folks are telling you all the time that they know that they're devils. This is that's why they didn't jump up and call Elijah Muhammad a liar. They never called him a liar. He invited all of the scholars, come on and attack me if you care to, and I will give you my life if you can find me lying. You don't find one white scholar nowhere jumping up attacking Elijah Muhammad, calling him a liar. All they said was he teaches race hate because they know when you come into the knowledge of the white man, you can't love him no more. Look at it. True blue. <laughs> Call his children kids. And you jumping up my kids. What is a kid? It's a goat. A baby goat. And what is the nature of a goat? It's a mischief making thing. And the Bible teaches you that God would separate the sheep from what? Come on with it. And you know God ain't going to be busy out there separating sheep from goats. That mean he's going to separate you and your sheep-like nature from the Caucasian and his mischief-making goat-like nature. It's all there in the Bible, but your preachers are too afraid to tell it to you like it really is. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad won't fear to tell you the truth. Now let's see if Jesus can come to the witness stand and witness for the truth that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad taught. In the book of St. John, the 8th chapter, Jesus is having a conversation with the Jews. And Jesus said to the Jews, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And the Jews said to Jesus, how come you say we should be made free? We've never been in bondage to any man. Then the Jews are putting the game on Jesus. So they think. They're trying to tell Jesus that we are all from one father. You know, God is our father and Abraham is our father. We are all from one father. See, that's the game that white folks put on you. We're all the same. We're all from the same God. We all bleed if we're cut. We all bleed red blood. Well, you and a rat ain't from the same father. If you shoot a rat, he'll bleed red blood. That don't make him your brother. Blood don't make you the brother of white folks. Stop that foolishness. So they tried to put that game on Jesus, but he was too smart. Jesus shot back this thing at him. And Jesus said, hey, if God were your father, you would love me. Because I proceeded forth and came from God. He said, but you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth. He said, I know you. You are of your father, the devil. Uh-oh. Wait, wait now. What you say, Jesus? He's talking to the Jews. Jesus called them devils. 
I know you. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you shall do. He was a liar from the beginning and abode not in the truth, and he's a murderer. So lying and murder, Jesus gives as the very base of the Caucasian nature. Now let's put this on the board. We'll see if this is true. See, you 